Hello and welcome to Prince Track by Track. I am your host Aaron and today we're going to be discussing the first track from Prince's second album, uh, I Want to Be Your Lover. It was also included on the hits too. Uh, it was recorded from April to the 13th of June 1979 as much of this album was at the Alpha Studios in Burbank uh, and then Prince did some overdubs uh, later on at Hollywood Sound Recorders uh, in LA. And uh, the album was released on the 19th of October 1979. And it's just Prince by himself on this uh, on this track. Uh, it's 5.47 on the album, but the single edit, which was which had the B-side of My Love Is Forever, is 2.57. The 12-inch had just as long as we're together as the B-side, and that was released on the 24th of August 1979. Uh, joining me today, I have all the way from the other side of the planet and from a completely different season uh, from Australia is Antu. Hello, Antu. Hey, Darren. Hey. Well, before we get into talking about this track um, and talking a little bit about, you know, Prince's, you know, second album, let's talk about how you got into Prince. Is there a track that you can recall hearing that made you a Prince fan or was someone in your family, did they like introduce you to Prince? Maybe an older sibling or your parents or? The first Prince song I heard was Cream when I was like maybe five. And uh, I remember just singing that hook, Cream, Shaboogie Bob. The sexual nature of the lyrics, uh, I think they went over the, the heads of my parents because they're Vietnamese and their English isn't that great. So, um, and you know, growing up throughout the, the years into a teenager and all that stuff, I you know, Prince's songs were so ubiquitous, but like I didn't really start taking Prince seriously. <laughs> until I was like maybe in my early 20s and uh yeah I and I think the first album I really got t- had taken seriously was Purple Rain like <laughs> which is probably yeah. his most popular record but yeah okay well um and I mean when Prince died I know that there were a lot of places in America that had you know Purple Rain went back into the cinema for a couple of days you know for people mm-hmm. to see it um you know uh, did that happen in Australia um, I don't want you to speak for the whole country but yeah, the first Australian I've spoken to, so this okay. might be a good indication. Uh, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, actually, uh, actually, it did, and uh, you know, I I hadn't seen Purple Rain up until after he died because of those <laughs> those screenings that had come out. Uh, yeah, I, I remember going to that screening and spotting people dressed in purple or with purple i would just elbow my date and i'll be like i bet you that lady's going to the print screening it's- well okay let's talk about let's talk about the album in general first before we dive into the to, to the, mm-hmm. the opening track mm-hmm. um you know for the prince's first album it was just a picture of his face slightly blurred as mm-hmm. though he was running away from you um for this second album um his hair you know obviously he had a uh, quite a large afro for the for the photo shoot for the first album mm-hmm. uh in this his hair is is kind of down and he's naked, uh, of course, because he's <laughs> Prince. Um, and just kind of looking straight at the camera, uh, his, you know, his mustache, uh, I would say pretty glorious, uh, a late 70s mustache. You see the, the smattering of chest hair mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the very prominent, um, uh, what are these, the clavicles, is it? The, the kind of bones that are, are just leading up to the neck. You know, there is Prince against a blue background. Um, the logo with the kind of the heart on the eye for Prince um that kind of that that kind of writing would become prince's kind of logo for the next few years um you know and the album was moderately successful um you know it was it was fairly critically well received uh you know mm-hmm. most people gave it favorable reviews it didn't get like huge kind of critical notices um but people you know were were kind of fairly happy with it it managed to get up to 22 in the billboard 200 um 
uh, and you know um, it, it managed to sell uh, you know a million units although it did take a few years before it finally got there mm -hmm. uh, you know the success of Purple Rain of course lifting all of Prince's previous albums um, and you know it, it, it kind of it did it did well in comparison to Prince's first album which kind of flew under the radar and people didn't really know um, you know and I Want to Be Your Lover was the first single that was released from it um, which itself was was quite successful you know um, it actually peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot Soul singles for a couple of weeks uh, it managed to reach number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 the first time Prince actually had anything that charted on the Hot 100 there's a lot of these niche charts that Billboard had mm -hmm. and Prince did really well in those for the first few years of his career until he kind of finally um, crossed over um, and you know um, this this was kind of like a it's funny because the, the the video of this song um, has Prince playing all the instruments, mm -hmm. which seems like it's just a, to me it seems kind of funny. You know, it, it, it's Prince singing uh, yeah. with the hair kind of like bouncing around and kind yeah. of like an open shirt, like singing directly to the camera. But then it kind of cuts to him playing guitar, mm -hmm. and then it cuts to him on the drums, and then it cuts to him playing the bass. And it's just really funny because it's like it's it's almost like um, it reminds me a lot of the video for Hey Ya, which has got all the different like Andre three thousands. It's also like a like a nod to his over controlling sort of control freak autonomy uh, element of his music as well. Like <laughs> like no one else is going to play this song as well as Prince, so he may as well play all the instruments. It seems to be his attitude. But yeah, it's a, I mean to me it kind of it seems like a bit of a funny video just because there's so many princes, but like. Um, the sexuality of the song is kind of so clear from Prince singing directly to camera. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is Prince, what, age 20, 21, I think, at the time mm -hmm. that he did the video. Um, and kind of just, you know, being directly into the camera. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's quite a fun video. But, um, you know, let's talk about the song because, you know, it's the start of the album and it has, you know, that really recognisable guitar riff. Uh, mm -hmm. that kind of starts the whole thing off um the kind of it's kind of like a funk riff kind of with the upstrokes and yep. it's, it's just so kind of persistent and it's such a great kind of if you're listening you know if you're talking about track ones you know like great songs to open albums um you know prince has got quite a few you know this uh 1999 of course mm -hmm. uh let's go crazy uh sign of the times uh thunder once you get to kind of like, uh, and my name is Prince, you know, like, so he really knows how to have a song that really starts the album off strong. Mm -hmm. And this is like such a really kind of, I can see why Warner's decided to put this out as the first single, because it is such a kind of great opening track, but also, you know, a way to kind of, um, kind of almost reset Prince's image a little bit, because the first album was kind of wishy-washy, a little bit kind of trying to push towards disco, not really who Prince was. And, you know, in this video, particularly Prince with the open shirt singing to the camera, it kind of immediately, you know, that this is the kind of um, the Prince that everyone will know in the 80s. Um, you know, so how do you feel about kind of, you know, the groove that this song has? Uh, you know, I, I really agree with a lot, uh, a lot of what you said, uh, you know, just like a really distinctive disco-y funk guitar riff that bump, 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 bump. That, yeah, this is really just cutting tone like treb really trebly riff i think it's really cool as well how like um you know if you if you're talking about the lyrics um you know obviously mm -hmm. prince singing in falsetto um i like 
I kind of like the story he's talking here, mm-hmm. you know, where he's saying that he hasn't got any money like the other guys that this person hangs around with. Yeah. Um, and he gets discouraged because he doesn't see this person. And uh, But I like when we get towards the chorus, he says, I don't want to pressure your baby. All I want to do, I want to be your lover. And it's just, it's like such a kind of great kind of like, look, everyone else has got money and he's like super yeah. impressive. And But here I am with my, you know, wonderfully styled hair uh, just saying, all I want to do is be your lover. You know, all he wants to do is give this person some kind of sexual satisfaction. Particularly, I love as well how he has the uh, the kind of innuendo of when he says, um, you know, he, he talks about what he's going to do. You know, like he's mm-hmm. going to turn you on, turn you out all night long, make you shout. Which is the way as well when he says shout, he kind of delivers it as a little bit of a shout, doesn't he? Yeah. It's kind of like a, a kind of shout to his voice. And then um, he says, I want to be the only one you come for. Really on the nose, double entendre. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. But, uh, you, know, it, you know, in the Prince sort of canon of songs, it's like one of the few songs where he hasn't already slept with the person. You know, this is like his intention yeah. to sleep with someone. Like, yes, I want to be your lover. And uh, rather than him sort of singing about a conquest or like a relationship he's already in. Yeah, he's, he's basically laying out the kind of, how close he wants to be this, to this person. And I think it's interesting because when we get to the, uh, you know, like the second verse, yeah. essentially, because the first verse is actually quite long, you know, Prince kind of yeah. laying out what's going to, gonna, and also as well, he, you know, the fact that he says he doesn't want to pressure you. I don't yeah. want to pressure you, baby. <laughs> That's the kind, it's just such a great kind of, he talks about here about how he wants to be your brother and your mother and your sister too. He kind of references a lot a lot of that intentions in terms of like wanting to be more important than their family. Like I can usurp these roles that like me being your... <laughs> it always reminds me of Adore where he says more than your mother, more than your brother in like he's like the later period of that later yeah. part of that song and uh, I, I guess he thinks like sleeping with someone like becoming their lover can usurp like the need for any familiar roles but, i think it's interesting because you know like he's he's basically saying that he wants to replace everybody that this person loves in their life <laughs> which is a kind of very intense thing to say to someone considering that you know at this point we're, we're, we're assuming that they that, that this person hasn't had any kind of relations with prince so it's interesting that that's he says of... all i've ever wanted to do so that sort of alludes to the fact yeah. that yeah he's been harboring these intentions for a long time you know a lot of the song uh, you know the kind of great stuff about it comes down to kind of the delivery of how prince sings stuff and i particularly love when he goes i get discouraged and he kind of like the way he kind of puts the cadence in there is just like kind of really fun. He kind of like pulls away from it. Actually, he's like, I get discouraged, like a bit. Like he yeah. pulls away from that delivery. And I, my attraction to the song is very much based around the falsetto melody. Just like you know, you, you talk about how the the contrast, or well, contrasting his vocal delivery with his image on the album cover and the music video clip is very feminine, like very feminine and androgynous look, but like also. Contrast with you, like he's really seventies mustache as well. It's yeah, he's he's manly, but he's not totally manly. You know, yeah. there's there's chest hair there, but he's also uh, kind of you know this this falsetto kind of contrast with the kind of images putting out. That hair he has is very Charlie's Angels esque. You know, yeah, yeah, no, it's very that's very styled. He's done a lot with that hair. I like as well. He says, you know, um, you know, you treat me like a child, and he, mm. and he says. And they say I'm so shy. And I can't imagine ever Prince being shy. This is the thing. He always seemed very kind of assured and very kind of cocky and kind of knew what he wanted. And so it's funny that he kind of says, you know, people say I'm shy. And it's like, 
to me that feels like a bit of a game that's going on here have you um, have you read about his kind of famous shyness before or what was your idea of prince like the person on stage i think i think the persona i think if we you know obviously in his personal life was a bit more kind of like withdrawn and shy that mm-hmm. is kind of true yeah but i feel like the persona in this song is one who's like basically saying to someone look i want to have sex with you and <laughs> to kind of pretend that oh you're shy when you're like two choruses in after talking about how you want to replace everyone in their family to me it feels a little bit like a kind of game that he's the way you you're know, framing like, it is like I want to replace everyone in your family. Like, he's like a Charles Manson-esque figure. <laughs> I mean, the fact that, you know, the fact that he, he finishes with this kind of, like, you know, the, the kind of double entendre of, like, yeah. I want to be the only one you come, you come for. <laughs> and but, and, then he, and then he makes out like he's shy. I think it's just, it doesn't really fit with kind of what he said up to this point. Uh, and then, of course, in the next line, he's saying, but I want to go wild with you. There's that codependence aspect where he goes, in so- they say I'm so shy, but with you, I just go wild. As in, like, the other yeah. person needs to be there to, like, unleash this this beast. So. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, he talks about all that I ever wanted to do. I want to be mm-hmm. your lover. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, obviously when, when we've got the, um, when the song is cut down, what it misses out is the kind of, all the vamping that goes on after that mm-hmm. point, uh, you know, with the, the kind of the keyboards and with the guitars yeah. and, you know, there's a, the, there's a whole large part of the song. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Love Sexy live um, concert. No. Um, but in that he, he plays this song on the, it's divided into two halves and the first half is kind of the more sexual stuff and the second half is the more spiritual stuff. And when he does... Wait, wait, when you lover, say... The second half, as in, are you referring to the second verse? No, no, the second half of the show. Okay, the second yeah, half yeah. of the show is, okay, is yep. spiritual songs. Um, stuff from Love Sexy, you know, like um, Anastasia and, you know, I Wish You Heaven and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And the first half is a lot of his kind of earlier stuff, which is more sexual. And when he does I Want to Be Your Lover, when they get to the part where in the song there's kind of like the vamping and stuff, like Dr. Fink kind of does some solos and stuff and they kind of really extend this part of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like one of my favourite parts of this song is kind of, where it kind of gets quiet and then we kind of go into the the kind of the uh, you know more the, the disco vamp yep yeah yeah and and it's like a really it's it's like one of the things which i can imagine if you're in the you know if if it, if you were a child of uh, you know of the 60s and you're kind of like you know a teenager in 79 and you're in the club and you hear them play this song and it gets to that part i can imagine that's the part where everyone you know really wanted to dance because it's it's such a great kind of part mm-hmm. of the song and, um, you know, considering basically this is Prince's like 10th song and we're already into like such a really great kind of like the structure of this song is so brilliant. <laughs> he like the first part of the song. He's like he, he's bringing the pop hooks and like really strong vocal delivery. And then the other half is like, hey, here here are more of my instrumental chops. And like, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and yes, a very like a nod to like, yes, a, like a funk breakdown in terms of like, I'm just going to shut up now and let's dance and um and of course you know obviously he finishes before all that saying i want to be the only one you come for again because you know he's not he's not subtle do you, um have you yeah do you know if he like had to fight with the record company or i assume they just like didn't pay attention to his lyrics for the first album you know he spent he had a um he had a three album deal um you know this being the second album in that deal and for the and they gave him one hundred eighty thousand dollars, um and they said to him make three albums so he spent $170,000 on the first album. Um, <laughs> and then before this, before he started recording this album, he actually had, um, he had a gig uh, in January 1979 where the Warner Brothers executives flew to 
Minneapolis and Prince performed for them with a with a full band yeah. and basically had to perform to keep his contract. Um, <laughs> and so, he, you know, he performed most he performed basically the entire first album and a couple of songs from the second album. So like, when you record. tell me that story, I'm like, I want to be the only one you come for, like him pointing at an executive. At that show, you're yeah. saying, <laughs> I want to be the only one you come for. Please let me keep my record, please. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say I would say that you know, um, Warner, you know, Warner Brothers were paying close attention to Prince at this point. So, yeah. but you know, they they didn't mind his. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a it's a kind of it's kind of a subtle innuendo, and so I guess they didn't mind Prince doing that, uh, kind of so long as he delivered like he, the sales. He, yes. You know? They were, They didn't mind a bit of controversy. That's the funny thing to kind of coin a phrase, um, you know. And obviously, the next two albums were more critically acclaimed, and they were generally seen as kind of the more controversial versions of what Prince's persona was. Yep. Darling Nikki led to the creation of the Parents Music <laughs> Rights Council and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. obviously, in later years, Prince would become more controversial. This yep. song sounds kind of tame in comparison to the the stuff that he would explore in later songs. This is one of my favorite Prince songs. But like before today, before I like googled the lyrics, I was like, I thought that last line was, "I want to be the only one you call for," like as in you know. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, I could hear, I could see how you could kind of, because yeah, his his falsetto, his falsetto sometimes gets a bit breathy, yeah. and sometimes it's hard to make certain words out, which I think worked in his favour. I think. Yeah, I think there's like a bit of like masking what he's saying in a way. Like, a, yeah, I think he's, oh, well, in, in my mind as a singer, I would just go, oh, maybe he's just playing it, leaving it ambiguous. But like, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would say, you know, um, a clear five out of five for me. Such a great opener to this album. Uh, would you feel the same? Would you, would yeah, you say I'd, five out of five? Five out of five, like one of my favorite Prince songs. Like, like you'd probably if you yeah. walk past me on the street with my earphones in, I'm probably singing, <laughs> being goofy. Yeah, like yes, probably like unintentionally declaring to people on the street, "I want to be the only one you come for." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adam Levine is a very big Prince fan, and there is a cover of this that Maroon Five did a few years ago, which you can find out there. And I think he does, a, you know, quite a good job of it. Yeah. I'm not a fan of people covering Prince songs. Um, but I think he kind of acquitted himself well, um, and I would say the same with Corinne Bailey Ray. If you're yeah. familiar with her, she, you know, she did she did quite a nice cover version of it as well. Uh, there is a terrible remix that's on the internet you can find by somebody called Illicit that kind of samples Prince and then messes with it, and I don't think they should have done that. Uh, I I I I didn't mind that actually. That was okay. I was oh, did like... you not? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was like I would have been more like crestfallen. Had it been some not so great vocalist doing those parts, but I, I I thought it was kind of funny that he sampled like <laughs> Prince's like live recordings and him talking to the audience. Yeah, that was kind of yeah, funny. I think yeah, I think that was interesting. Yeah, but I I mean I didn't like it because I felt it messed with it too much. But, By the way, uh, we've said like it's kind of funny multiple times and. I think that's the opening, <laughs> opening line of the song. Is it? Well, you know, it's in your head, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I also wanted to bring this up simply because uh, of the country that you're, you're living in at the yeah. moment, um, which is, <laughs> I don't know if you're ever familiar with this phenomenon which happened, but um, from the from the, the hit TV show Neighbours, a number of people had <laughs> recording careers, yeah. including Jason Donovan and obviously Kylie Minogue still has a recording career to this day. Yeah. Um, but also... Um, there were various other people who were on Neighbours who were kind of snapped up and came to this country, worked with Stock Aiken and Waltman, and had like small singing careers, including uh, the guy who played Paul on Neighbours, um, uh, Paul Robinson, and various others, uh, I... including 
uh, Gail and Gillian Blakeney, the uh, the twins, mm-hmm. uh, one of whom was married to Paul on the show. I can't remember which one it was. They played the uh, they played the the Alessis, um, and <laughs> they actually did a cover version of Prince's "I Want to Be Your Lover," which dropped the word "I" and it was just called "Want to Be Your Lover." Uh, which reached the high position of sixty-two. Wait, did in the you have a link for that? I need. Can I hear it? Is it? Is it okay? No, I couldn't. I couldn't find a version of that anywhere. So someone will have to kind of find a version and forward that onto you. But yeah, I I could not find a, a, a version of that on it on um on YouTube. But uh, yeah, so they didn't really have that much of a career in terms of like they weren't as successful as as um you know as Craig from Neighbours and various other people who had uh, quite prominent careers over yep. here. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you know the Blakeney twins recorded a version, uh, which I can only imagine, given Stock Aiken and Waterman was probably terrible. Um, so yeah. Uh, so is there anything else you want to say about this song? I, I didn't mind that Maroon Five cover. Like I think what's the Adam Levine? Yeah, I think he's got like a pretty decent falsetto as well. Like uh, and he uses it well. Yeah. And watching the band play that play that riff. I think that riff is kind of foolproof, isn't it? Mm. I think if you can just if you can just play that and get a decent enough falsetto over the top. Uh, then I think you can do well with the song because you know it's 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 such a great kind of groove that once yeah. you've got it going, that's it. You don't need to do anything else, do you? Yeah, it's a it's um, pretty like a very solid, uncomplicated groove. In you know, watching that drama just do that very simple <laughs> simple beat on the song and not <laughs> not not very doing much variation. But yeah, uh, I feel I feel as well that like the simple drums are probably because that's about as good as Prince was at the particular time as playing drums. So that's what kept it simple was just like Prince just putting down a simple drum track and then yeah. building everything else on the top. I don't think there's anything else more to say. So let's go to yeah. plugs. Uh, do you wish to plug anything onto? Uh, follow me on Twitter. I I'm not putting out any content at the moment, but I will soon. I'll try and get a podcast together by the end of the year but uh at onto comedy so that's at a-n-h-t-u comedy right just follow me on twitter that'd be really cool and you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or you can follow us on twitter at prince podcast or you can email us i don't know why you would at prince track by track at gmail.com thanks very much for being my guest onto all right thanks darren and otherwise goodbye bye <laughs>